Hello, and welcome to the Normal with Autism podcast. Uh, This is episode two, The Grind. And thanks for joining me. This is Tara. My co-host, Sarah, is not with me this time. Um, And that's probably how it'll work moving forward. I'm going to do bite-sized episodes for you guys. Uh, And then Sarah and I will get back together and we'll do some longer episodes. Uh, Friends and neighbors, thank you so much for everybody who listened to the first episode. Um, You guys showed up in a really big way, and I appreciate that. Uh, For those of you who don't know me personally, um, and maybe don't know Sarah personally, uh, we are a part of a uh, strong faith community here in Columbus, Ohio. And my church family showed up in a big way listening to the podcast. I appreciate that. I love you guys. I want to say thank you. And for those of you who aren't a part of our church family, don't know us personally, if you're listening, thank you for coming on board with us. Thank you for uh, coming to have a seat at my kitchen table and learn about our life as special needs parents. And that's where I am this morning. I am at my kitchen table. I have my fall candle burning, the windows are open, it is still yucky outside, um, but thank you God, it's cooler. Uh, We went through some pretty yucky weather here the last week, and I'm just very thankful that the weather started to cool down, uh, and hopefully the rain will quit here soon. So today, um, it's the start of a new week. And it's the start of a new school year. And I don't know where you guys are at, where uh, if you have kiddos and they started school, I don't know how long they've been in school. We, we went to school, it started about a month ago now. So I have two children. Uh, you met Finn in the last episode. He is six. He has autism. Uh, but I have another um, child, uh, Quentin. He's 15. And he is a sophomore in high school, and wow, that is an experience in and of itself. Um, So we started the new school year again about a month ago, and I wanted to talk today a little bit about what I call the grind. I'm here in Ohio You probably know if you are from Ohio, you love the Ohio State Buckeyes. And if you don't love them, you should probably move to a different state. Um, We'll we'll give you grace on not loving the Buckeyes if you don't love them. We uh, have our our head coach. uh, And he, I had heard him use some terminology that um, talked about for his how he coaches his football team, he called it the chase and then the grind. And in reference to the chase, they were chasing the national championship. And then once they had won that national championship, it was a grind to keep it, um, to show up again in that top four spot, uh, the top four spot so that they could, you know, go back for it. Um, And I heard that terminology and I was like, wow, that is really applicable to what it can feel like to be a parent, um, but also what it can feel like to be a special needs parent. I think the chase and the grind really sum up 
um, and really help describe what it is I experience as a special needs parent and what it is I think we can all experience as, as special needs parents and parents in general. So what do I mean by that? So the chase for me, um, Finn was uh, first diagnosed with epilepsy and that was about the time he was 15 months old. And we spent uh, a long time in the hospital getting that diagnosis and getting his seizures under control. And at that point, it was evident that he needed support, he needed help, so he was going to need therapy, doctors, specialists, people who could figure out first what was going on with him, and then who could work forward and like, like treat him, get him the support, get him the help he needed so that he could be his best self, so that he could be, you know, Finn who part of who he is today, his magical, smiley, happy, um, not all the time though. There were, I feel like we've hit the, the, the three danger is what they had called it recently. Um, that he's six, but whoo, he has an opinion and he may not be able to speak it. Um, but he will let you know his opinion about anything and everything. So, um, to get him to where he is today, we, we needed to start to get a su- support in place for him. And that was, again, started around the time he was 15 months old. And so the minute we got home from the hospital, I had to put my tears away. I had to um, put my coordinator, program manager... Um, customer service hats on and I had to chase his therapy I had to chase his doctors I had to chase his specialists I had to figure out what our course of action was for him Um, I always tell people like I cried for a day over everything that was going on for my baby because it's hard to see your your kids struggle in the hospital and then um, I, I had to move forward. I had to get up and get going for him. So um, that was the chase. And it was making phone calls every day. It was um, going to appointments. It was making sure that, you know, is he in the right therapy? Are we making the, the and I, please, please know that when I say this, I'm using the term right in quotes. Are we making the right choices for him? I have a dear friend who I will probably refer often um, on on this podcast to and her wisdom. And if she would ever listen, um, if she is listening, she knows who who she is. But my dear friend um, who went before me in this journey, she said that you can only make decisions on the information you have. And she said that to me and that has proven to be true each and every time. So the questions of, are we doing the right things for Finn? And I'm, I'm pausing for a minute because you might hear my dog in the background. She is walking around with one of her stuffed animals and hoping I will play with her. Um, <laughs> and she's reminding me to um, come back off of my perch of being an awesome podcaster person and say, mom, hang out with me. So anyway... Um, I was in the chase and being in the chase, there was a certain amount of energy to it. Like 
I remember making phone calls and this is how crazy this is. So you, let's say your child gets like referred for speech therapy and you're like, oh, I'm going to show up in the next week or so and we're going to get this going because obviously he needs to learn how to speak sooner rather than later. And that is just not how it works um, it, not at all. You, you get a referral and then you wait and you wait and you wait. And sometimes that wait is a month long and sometimes it's longer. And so I was determined like, well, I, you know, he was diagnosed in March with his epilepsy. We left the hospital in April and they were not going to be able to see him for speech sometime in June. And I said, this is not acceptable. And I had to call every day to get him a closer, sooner therapy appointment. And that's what I did. And there was a certain amount of energy in that. There was a certain amount of momentum like, okay, I am moving forward. I have got his speech therapy appointment. I have got him scheduled for occupational therapy. I have got him scheduled for physical therapy. We know that we're going to go see this specialist on this day. Like, I was moving forward with a quickness. And if I had to wait longer than a month to see anybody, I was going to raise hell about it. And, and that's just what I did. Um, that's the chase. And you're chasing what his diagnosis is. And I think in the fall of the year that he was diagnosed with epilepsy, so that would have been 2013, his father and I started to put together more pieces, if you will. There's more going on. You know, we were doing speech therapy and things just weren't clicking for him. Um, he just wasn't, wasn't getting what the therapist was trying to teach him. And the therapist started to notice things. And she said, you know, it's maybe, maybe it's time to get him checked out somewhere else. Um, let's see what else could be going on for him besides this epilepsy and the speech delay. And that's when you start to understand the chase turns into the grind. So we received his epilepsy diagnosis in March of 2013, and he was diagnosed with autism in 20, March of 2014, so almost a year later. And there had become a certain routine to how everything was going. Like I knew who our speech therapists were. I knew who all our different therapists were. I knew when we were meeting with them, I kind of knew the schedule we were on. I knew the course we had charted for ourselves. And yes, of course, things like that would change. Um, I got him into children's ABA therapy pretty quickly after the autism diagnosis. So that was settled there there became a rhythm and routine to life that I was no longer chasing things in terms of what are we going to do next for him in a big way. Like I, I was no longer chasing things in a big way like I had in the beginning. And that's when the grind set in and the grind. Um, wow. There, there's a reason why they say it will grind you down um, because it will, it will. And the grind for me turned into the everyday of, 
wow, we've got another doctor's appointment to go to. We've got more therapy to do. Um, I have another new technique. I've got to practice with him or I've got to practice this other one again. And his progress had started to slow down or in some cases it had even kind of plateaued. Like he was still making progress, but it wasn't that, uh, for example, his physical therapy progress. Like I got him in physical therapy in May and by July he was walking and I was like, yes, this is what it's going to be. This is two months. I'm going to have him talking you know, we're going to be doing math and all that other stuff. No, that's not how that happens. And that's when I, again, became to realize I was in, in the grind. So, so we're in kindergarten now and that routine and that regularity and that I know the, the, the course we're on. And again, yes, there are new things that come up or, or new, um, what I call choose your own adventure choices. And we'll have a whole episode about that. Um, in terms of how to put together the best for him, um, that will happen. But there is, there is a grind that is set in now. And we are in kindergarten this year. Hallelujah. Praise Jesus. We made it to kindergarten. And I want to be clear, this isn't a typical kindergarten setup for him. He attends a specialized school. Um, they do all the things that you would do in a kindergarten, but it's Finn in a kindergarten classroom with one-on-one help all the time. And that is fantastic. Um, So I just want to be clear about kind of what his kindergarten looks like. So it occurs to me that I hit a slump and that I lost my momentum. I lost my energy moving forward for him because the routine and the minutiae and the paperwork Um, I knew things were maybe off when I had started to fill out paperwork and I would put really sarcastic, snarky questions in, in, in asking questions. Like they would ask me, like, could your kid walk up and down the stairs? And I, I honestly can't remember what I would say, uh, or they would say things like, is there anything else you want to tell us about Finn? And Um, I'd be like, well, he's still got autism. That hasn't changed, you know, Um, just really snarky, snarky things. So the grind set in, we're in kindergarten, and I want to talk with you because some of you may be experiencing this, we're in the grind. Um, Maybe you're as far along as I am in this journey, or maybe you are kind of in this place where you've lost your momentum, you've lost your, you're moving forward, you've lost your enthusiasm and your, um, your clarity and your intentionality. That's what I'm focused on is what is my clarity and intentionality and enthusiasm for my son? Yes, these appointments are time consuming. Yes, working with almost 20 people regularly about who he is and what he's doing is a big thing to take on. And I want to encourage you guys today who are special needs parents, you can do this. I promise you, you can do this. And so I want to talk with you about how you can continue to show up for the grind 
how you can continue to show up for your, your kiddo. Um, the first one, um, be vulnerable versus defensive. And so what do I mean by that? So, um, as you continue to listen to these podcasts, you will get to know that I am a Brene Brown fanatic and Brene, if you're listening, yes, I will come work with you and we will share things and I will, um, just do whatever you need me to do research wise. And I, I will come work with you and your amazing self. Um, if you ever have an opening, so just let me know I'm here, um, Columbus, Ohio, just reach out. Um, so Brene Brown is my guru and she talks about vulnerability and, um, that's hard. It's hard to, I picture walking into, we all know what IEP meetings are. Again, for those of you who may not, IEP is an individualized education plan. And that is basically a lot of paper that says my kid needs these certain things to be okay in the classroom is about as much as I can boil it down to. And, um, walking into IEP meetings, it can feel like you are walking into an arena, literally, and you are that gladiator. And there is, um, in our community, in our special needs community, autism, ADHD, otherwise, there is a, uh, a warrior mama persona or like a grizzly mama persona or a mama bear persona. And, um, you can feel like that many days. Uh, I know I've experienced it myself. I have a problem with that persona sometimes. And that is, it takes a lot of energy to armor up. It takes a lot of energy maybe that I don't have to armor up because I am needing to spend that energy on my clarity and my intentionality for, for why I'm in the meeting, for why I may be in that specialist office, for why I may be meeting with that doctor, for why I may be meeting with school or therapists. I need to have clarity and intentionality when I walk in and um, to armor up in kind of a defensive way, which is, I think, the way I see people experience it sometimes, that, that's draining. And quite frankly, it's no wonder that sometimes we walk out of those meetings. And I say we, because I have been there, where we walk out of those meetings and we go, what, what, what just happened? You know, what just happened? Um, so I want to encourage you as much as you can to, to be vulnerable And as Brene Brown says, to trust that people are doing the best that they can. And that's you are doing the best that you can. And the therapist is doing the best that they can. And the district rep is doing the best that they can. And the other people who are there showing up for your kid to try and help them be their best selves are are doing the best that they can. Um... I also want to encourage you to be vulnerable in the way that you walk in with the clarity and intentionality and how you do that is you describe what's going on for what you see is the difficulty, the issue, the problem. You express how you feel about it and then you make an, uh, uh, assert yourself. 
Um, you make an assertion to say, and this is what I need in order to fix it or to move forward or to make it clear for everybody. Um, so try that, try that out and see what that's like to walk in, not all armored up, um, but to walk in assuming that people can do that they best they can and to walk in with a clarity and an intentionality of describing what you see as the problem, expressing how you feel about it and asserting yourself to get that need met, to get that problem fixed. Now, what happens, uh, number two on my second thing, what happens when um, people aren't doing the best that they can and you see that? Hold other people accountable. If you understand that you're in the meeting, you're um, going through stuff and you're just like, wow, I really don't think these people are doing the best that they can. And trust me, that is out there. Um, for special needs parents who are listening, you, you might have experienced it. For um, folks who, who have never had to sit in an IEP meeting, um, I know that the majority of people want to believe that because we have IEPs and because we have laws for supposed to be protecting our children, that doesn't always happen that way. Um, a lot of times we have to fight tooth and nail for what we get for them. And so when, when you experience as that parent people not showing up and not doing the best that they can, holding them accountable is completely important. And that's where you go back to describing the problem that you see, expressing how you feel about it, and asserting what you need. Hold them accountable. It doesn't mean you're there to fight with them. It doesn't mean that you are there to shut that person down or pick on them personally. It's not personal. It's just saying there's a problem and let's fix it and, and step up and hold them accountable for what is not happening for the best needs of your child. Um, the third thing about how you continue to show up for the grind, the third thing is do something for yourself. I can't emphasize this enough. I can't say this enough. Do something for yourself. The, the life that we have as special needs parents is all consuming, all consuming. And I'm, I'm just not talking about the, the physical time spent in the appointments, the different um, places you have to go and be. I'm talking about the mental consuming as well. It mentally consumes who you are. And we'll, we'll probably do a whole episode about um, self-identity and being a special needs parent. Um, it, it consumes you. And it's so important to, to step away from that. It's so important to create life outside of being that advocate, being that mom, being that part-time therapist, being that insurance specialist, being that um, law specialist that we all have to be, get a hobby, go to therapy, do something. It is important to rest your mind. It is important to take a break from the grind, from the questions constantly running through your head. Do something for yourself.
I can't stress enough how important it is to do something for yourself. The fourth thing to help you continue to show up for this grind, strengthen your relationship with your faith. I am a Christian. I attend church regularly. It's a rhythm in my life. I have a special group that I'm a part of, of, of typical parents. Um, and then I, I help co-run a group for special needs parents in our church. And um, the group involves parents who have kiddos with all kinds of diagnosis. So um, we have the not just autism, but all other letters of the alphabet that you could imagine. And those things, going to church regularly, connecting with God regularly, growing my faith, being with, with people in relationship who hold some of the same ideals I do, those are all things that help center me. Um, as I was doing some note-taking for this episode, I was turning to the Bible, I was praying, I was spending some time in meditation, quietly listening, and the verse that came up was, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping your eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. That is probably heard often, and who, who knows if I'm using it in the right context because I'm not a biblical scholar, but that speaks to me in this piece of the grind, of this race that we're running to, to do the best lives for our children, whether you're special needs parents or not. We all want the best for our children, and we are running that race. And the thing that centers me is my relationship with Jesus, is my relationship with my church, is my relationship with God. Those are, are things that keep me focused and keep me energized and keep me showing up for this grind. And last, I, I want to encourage you guys to find your community. Um, wow, I have a, a tremendous community. I am so, so blessed to have an amazing church in my backyard. I um, am so blessed with our, our pastor who leads us and the, the folks who works in the kids ministry with me and they see this need for our special needs ministry that we have. And, and this community of people who support us, we can't do this alone. I can't do the special needs parenting alone. And it takes all, all these people in my community I need other special needs parents. I need people who are parents who are not special needs parents. I need people who are not parents. I need them all in my corner. I need them all supporting me in, in, the, in the difficult times of our lives. And, and just recently, our pastor explained that God made us for community and connection. And there is nothing more isolating than a journey as a special needs parent, especially in the beginning. Um, and for those of you who have kids with autism or know someone who does, you might have seen this secondhand or experienced it yourself. Sometimes it's hard to leave the house because our poor kiddos get so easily overwhelmed. And so we're stuck and, and we isolate and we're, we're by ourselves. 
Um, I remember the first few months after we got our autism diagnosis, I lost friends. There were, there were people who I thought were important in my life, who I thought were going to be with me through thick and thin and forever. And I lost them. And that was demoralizing. And that was sad. And it tore me down. And thank God my church community, my church family stepped up and they were there. And I, I thank God for them every day. I thank God for the people who aren't in my church community, who are part of my family, who are my good friends, who I consider family. Um, man, without them, I wouldn't be here. I wouldn't be able to be encouraging to other people. Um, I, I was just trying to get my feet under myself from, from being punched in the gut um, with, with the experience that we had in the hospital and watching my kids struggle and not knowing what his life was going to look like. And those people lifted me up. They lifted me up in prayer. They lifted me up by bringing meals to me. They lifted our family up by, by encouraging us and supporting us. Um, and I could be vulnerable with them and I could trust them and they are my safe space. Find your community, find the people who are going to lift you up. Again, my, my friend who's been in this journey way before I was, she said to me, you have to let people be there for you. You have to let them be there for you. They may get it wrong. They may say stupid things. They may stumble around and not know what it is they're talking about, but you have to let people be there for you. Let people be there for you. Find your community. So we uh, are done. That was what I wanted to share with you, those five tips in terms of how you continue to show up for the grind. And again, if you're a special needs parent listening, um, we see you, we hear you, we have your back. If you're um, a, a regular parent listening or you're not a parent listening, Man, thank you. Thank you for coming to my table. Um, thank you for spending some time with me today to understand what our lives are like here. Um, and I really appreciate all of your support and listening. And I am going to close with um, praying that whoever you are listening to this, that you can find your community. Um, that you can follow some of these things to find that intentionality and that clarity. I pray for clarity for you. I pray for intentionality for you. I pray for community for all of you. Um, And I hope that you find that soon. All right, take care.